Hey, before we get started talking to video game designer Joey Lee, just wanted to say apologies for the long hiatus. It's been a month since you've heard from us. Uh, but don't worry, the Ewing Bang family has been diligently running towards our 2019 mile goal. Uh, in case you're not uh, aware of what that is, please check out the previous episode that I recorded with George Wu, as well as the 2019milestowater.org website. We got a lot of good material coming down the pipeline, including a movie review of Crazy Rich Asians. So be sure to check that out. And now, Rico's Fragments. Hey, what's going on? Thanks for tuning into the Yu Wang Bang podcast. This is your host, Emil Wang, coming to you with a very exciting episode with a new guest today. Uh, his name is Joey Lee, a very good friend of mine back from my days on the East Coast. Joey, how's it going, man? Hey, how's it going? Thanks for inviting me. Yeah, no problem, man. You, uh, you got a lot of exciting stuff to talk about. You are the creator of a new game called Rico's Fragments, and we're very excited to have you on today. And in the room with us as well are former Ewing Bang podcast contributors. I got George Wu here. Hey, hey. What's going on, George? And I also have the famous, the athlete, the warrior, the nope. destroyer. None of that. Jeffrey Liu. <laughs> Lies. Hey, what's up, Ewing Bang? <laughs> so we got a full room today, uh, as well as a bunch of other uh, friends in the, in the uh, other room. So apologize if there's some um, noise. So Joey, let's let's start with uh, Rico's fragments. I mean, you moved out to LA in the past year. You decided to you know come up with this awesome new VR video game, and we're definitely going to go into that in a sec. But let, let's talk about who you are. You know wh where you started because you weren't always a uh, video game designer. Yeah, that's correct. Uh, I've been basically wanting to get into the game industry ever since I was you know a little kid because uh, I'm a hardcore gamer since I was a from, you know, I don't know, maybe six, I started playing the Super Nintendo. I was, like, super obsessed with gaming since then. Uh, played a lot of Halos back in my high school days. Uh, and then eventually just thought, you know, I'm going to become, like, a game developer eventually. Uh, but that just didn't turn out because I was in the East Coast for, uh, after graduating from Missouri, I went to the East Coast, and uh, there's literally no game studios out there so I kind of uh, was there doing event design for eight years um, it was what, a close what's what's event design so it's uh it's I guess I was looking for two things video games or movies special effects and East Coast offered none of those mm -hmm. um, there's Bethesda games that do like Oblivion and Skyrim those, those Elder Fallout Scrolls series games. yeah, yeah, yeah oh, those. wow they're out there, but, you know, that's about it. Mm -hmm. um, so I was kind of struggling. I was, like, uh, trying to find something to do with, uh, that involved 3D, because I, I learned that in uh, college and started learning Maya on my own. And eventually, 
found out that hey there's a need for you know events once they the clients want you to render out their designs in a 3d space so they can see it so before signing like a two hundred thousand dollar check of you know the design like they you know, this is the best way to show them, like, hey, this is what your party's gonna look like in 3D. It looks photorealistic. You know, we're not having to show you like a miniature model or like <laughs> build the shit and like, oh man, it's like, yeah, they're they're, they're just not gonna do that. So that really um, would have came in handy at my wedding. Wedding design. That, oh. that's, that's also uh, they're, they're social, corporate, that kind of events, oh, uh, black tie events. They're, they all require 3D. So. Uh, yeah, I did not know this even existed, but because I was in a place where there's no other options, I started to expand out my search, and I was like, oh shit, like, this is a thing, so I did that. For... So, so what was the strangest or worst event that you've ever, oh. you've mm. done at like a, like a porn convention? What's it called when people put on the... The S M. No, oh, well, S M. First, oh, you're going. You're going. Uh, no, but there is a dog walk show that's like, uh, it's called Fashion for Paws, and they it's basically a bunch of Paris Hiltons that go there and dress up their dogs, and one ticket would be like a thousand dollars to sit at the table and eating Jesus. vegan food, oh, yeah. three course vegan food, and watching dogs walk down a catwalk. <laughs> and that's one of the designs. <laughs> I did. Those poor vegan dogs. <laughs> <laughs> so I get the feel that it was it was a good paycheck, but nothing uh, nothing too fulfilling. Yeah, it was a, it was a good uh, paycheck to you know stay afloat and doing something that's close enough to what I originally wanted to do, which is 3D. So so then you decided that you know you wanted to get get into gaming. Um, is there? Before we go into the game, I want to talk about inspirations because I, I think being inspired to do a video game that is related to horror, it it takes it's not something you just come up with right, right. off the bat, right? Mm -hmm. I think there's um, you know there's got to be some kind of source material that inspired you, and you know one one of the things that I, reasons why I brought George in is because I I, I know you through George. And, um, you know, we used to play a game called Blind Zombie, and this oh, is fucking shit. hilarious, where we we would blindfold somebody, mm. we, and all of us would get into the living room, and we it, it was just basically a game of tag in, like, somebody's living room. <laughs> and surprisingly, it was really fun and kind of scary, actually, for both, like, the person, like, the people running away, but also the person that's blindfolded, Jeez. so... Sounds dangerous as fuck. <laughs> no, it actually worked. Like, yeah. uh, it was actually uh, one of the best games he's ever created. created. <laughs> yeah. Did you really create this, or you found this online? Like, oh, I'm sure George came did up Did you create it? it? <laughs> or, or took bits and pieces? Yeah. Inspired, okay, because uh, I didn't even realize this, but I think I messaged him just a couple months ago. I was like, holy shit, my game is actually uh, Blind Zombies. <laughs> it is a, a blind. Actually, I'm thinking about a multiplayer mode that is that. So a bunch of people in VR is blind, and they're trying to like find the one person that's not is, is hiding, and you just like, yeah, it's exactly blind zombies. And it clicked, <laughs> cool. and I messaged, oh shit, dude, I'm ma I'm making your game in VR. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I'll, I'll touch upon more of that kind of uh, the gameplay about it. Yeah. So are are there other inspirations though? I mean, obviously that's hanging out with George and George coming up with his games. But any specific movies or games that you played before, books, comic <coughs> books? 
podcast. Um, for sure, uh, a game called PT, which uh, I don't know if many of your audience would know, um, but it, says, it is it is a Silent Hill demo. Oh uh, yeah, <laughs> yes, that, yes. Um, and this this was a special one. It wasn't just a Silent Hill game. This was the one that was created by. Hideo Kojima, which is like my Metal Gear Solid, exactly, fan, yeah. huge uh, Kojima fan. But it was a crossover with the Guillermo uh, del Toro. But yeah, the, I think right Guillermo yes. del Toro. Yes, yes, it was a crossover with award-winning director Guillermo del Toro. Right. It was, it was going to be. It was going to have some serious star power behind it. Um, uh, uh, what's his name? Walking Dead guy. Yeah, Daryl from The Walking Dead. Uh, uh, Norman Reedus. Norman yeah, Reedus, Norman Reedus was, was going to be uh, a, a starring role in there until uh, there was a fallout between between Hideo and Konami, essentially. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, I remember playing that back in 2015, I think. That's when it came out and just rocked the entire game industry because he, he came out as a indie... Uh, uh, Studio name called Moby Dick, and he tried to he tried to brush it off as some like indie game. Mm-hmm. And once people beat the demo, as forty five minutes of a looping hallway. Yeah, they saw all the reveal that this is Hideo Kojima, it's Silent uh... Hill. Um, but for me, what I I didn't even finish it because it was so scary. And yeah. that was one of the first games. I hate horror games. And <laughs> you yeah, hate you I hate, hate fucking horror, hate horror games. <laughs> uh, I'm doing one now, but but when I played it, I never finish it and. Uh, it was just so scary, but what the big takeaway from it is like I, I love doing environments where right? I do interior mm-hmm. design in 3D. I like mm-hmm. creating realistic, photorealistic uh, environments. So that game, instead of building open worlds like every other game is doing right now, like make, make everything bigger and less detailed. Yeah. This, they compressed it down to one hallway so they can put the details of all the, all the processing power into the dust and pills on just a counter. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's frankly really refreshing because yeah. I'm really tired of seeing like when you get up to trees and they turn into like... <laughs> Pixels. <laughs> exactly. Basically a star shape with all flat mm. textures on it. Yeah, <clears throat> yeah. I, I remember playing that the, the PT game. Uh-huh. George and I played that together. And what was <clears throat> unique... And challenging and frustrating about it was the fact that you weren't leaving the same room, right? So like, yeah. you you almost it's an almost another level to the gameplay because you actually feel trapped inside of that, like from like obviously like a mental because you're not beating the you're not beating the level, but you're also physically in this in this world that you can't leave, right? And and jumping off of that, like the fact that because it is one hallway, think about like. He reused that environment ten times, loops, ten loops that you had to solve for a forty-five minute gameplay demo. Mm-hmm. Like that was, like I missed the good old days of like PS One games, like Metal Gear Solid One. It was really a small game. He yes. reused that environment over and over. Yes, but you yeah. didn't feel like it. It was just done in a really smart way, where every time you come back to to the same area, it's something else happens or it looks different. Mm. And, and that kind of goes into the character of it. I mean, it's not just the textures that you use or, or the type of art that you, you know, are utilizing or anything like that. It's having a good, the ability to draw a narrative and to have your audience buy into that narrative and make the connections themselves with whatever graphical resources that you have. Um, so I think this is a good transition point to actually talking about the game. Uh, earlier tonight, all of us strapped on the uh, HTC uh, Vive. <laughs> <laughs> and, and what was cool was that Joey brought us um, basically a demo 
that was the same uh it was the same level we all went through the same experience and each one of us watched each other do the experience but each one of us kind of experienced something a little bit different each time which which kind of shows you how immersive this environment actually is um and george we'll start with you i mean you were the first one to play it uh like what how would you describe it how would how would you describe the gameplay i think the biggest difference is uh when you watch people play compared to when you're actually in the game you realize like how immersive it actually is just mm. the vr and also the environment um and then also when you combine it with the music especially if you don't hear anyone else around you yeah. you feel really alone in the room yeah. and that really heightens the sense of being well great. was there even music or was was there music a- ambient it's ambient ambient, a- ambient like screams and yeah. chatter from girls we, we and... did scale back like the we started i have a composer and what he's one of the very first guys who uh, i met that wanted mm. that hopped onto this whole uh this whole game uh but like he started off by creating the theme song and that's the menu screen that you hear mm-hmm. so that's his theme and then when we started to do the the short demo that you played we did have like this piano that kept playing that was one of our very first showings mm-hmm. um but then we started to think like look at pt dude this it's just footsteps like ambient sounds only mm-hmm. so we started to strip away more and more to make it more quiet and it just gets creepier but there is like ambient sounds of just creaking wood and mm-hmm. like this like almost like a i don't know wind or something i don't know it's just something he created uh but yeah it just becomes more immersive the more you take away and i think that the sound engineering the sound design on the game particularly is is uh i mean it's part of the reason why it works so well because yes. um when you initially come into the room you know you hear it quietly it almost lulls you into a false sense of security when you're in the first room mm-hmm. you're like i know something fucked up's going to happen <laughs> but i should be safe here and mm-hmm. um you know in in one of the iterations we saw that you're not even safe in the first room so, <laughs> <laughs> so that, that that kind of messed with my perspective but as soon as you step out um i i think the vr really has the effect of making you question where you are and and how close danger is to you and that's that's how you perceive the sound like um there was the door slamming and it seemed really far away and you could hear it at far away you could see it that it was far away but you heard the voices in your ear mm-hmm. and it was really loud at that point mm-hmm. and especially when you move through the uh move through the environment itself it got louder and softer so you never knew how close or far danger was from you and that is really unnerving and that was a re- that was a really good design point, like during during my experience of it, anyways. Yeah, and one thing to add on to that, and I I think when I had seen PT, I don't think I actually played it, so I don't really remember how it, like how uh, interactive the environment was. But one thing that's really cool about um, Rika's fragments is that you can pick up items, throw them at other things, like in within the uh, the setting, and they they'll actually bounce off each other, like. One thing I remember is I picked up a cup and I threw it at a, a stack of other cups and it knocked them all over, like almost like bowling pins, you know. And I was like, man, I don't think I've seen a game like that. Like, I'm mean, granted, I don't play too many of them, unfortunately. But, um, but like you know, going back to the uh, the topic of the immersive environment, I think that really just adds on to uh, a whole nother level for that. And, and I mean, adding to that, I mean, I, I know that it's p- a part and parcel of the engine that you're using, but like the tactile response for when you actually do pick up an item and stuff like that, it's 
I mean, it's not exactly campy because you're using a controller, but like to have that sensation that you have something in your hand and you're holding on to mm -hmm. it, and then like the feedback that you get from the actual trigger, that is that's all part of it, you know. And like as as you continue to get build and as the hardware continues to get better, I mean, it it, it will become that much more terrifying when you're like you know in your final final build. Yeah. And, and one interesting thing I thought about this demo was that we there's no mission, there's no, <laughs> there's no phone call that you get that says like you, know, you must go here to find the violin or something like that. It's yeah. you're really just exploring a setting, right? And, and I think that in itself, like being in a place where you don't know what the fuck is going on, is really scary. Yeah. I think. Yeah. Um, and I'm sure, like, as the game develops, that'll kind of unfold. And, yeah. 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 Uh, definitely right now, it's uh, the goal was to create uh, the best five to ten minutes of, of the game. It's proof of concept. It's like a mm -hmm. vertical slice of what I want the the look and feel of the game. And, um, you know, I, got, I spent a good month designing the two characters. The doll that you see is the face of the game. Mm -hmm. uh, and also, the environment was quick. Like, I, I had... Uh, in two weeks, I had the bedroom, hallway, and kitchen done. That was the very first thing that I designed mm -hmm. way back when I was in D.C. Mm -hmm. uh, but when I came over, I had I had these two rooms, and people, like, that was what started the snowball of, like, developers and friends that wanted to be a part of something. Uh, so that kind of convinced them to hop on this project. And, you know, the next, I think we're at four months of development time now, and this is what you played. Damn. So how much of the story, it, it like, do you have the whole game laid out beginning to end, and you're you've just kind of shown us a slice of the pie, whether it's yes. the very beginning or it, it would say it's the very very beginning. Like mm. you literally, we have we want to make a movie, two hour mm. length, no padding. We don't want to do like a ten hour game that mm. has a bunch of fetch quests or whatever. Uh, but in this case, we have uh, we have uh, ten minutes of basically the very beginning where you do start at the mm -hmm. at the, uh, the office and you wake up there. Mm -hmm. uh, we originally wanted to make that office a escape room, so you kind of ease into the experience no. by learning the VR controls because yeah, it's still yeah. fresh. Not yeah. many people have tried it, but as you can see, it's intuitive. Yeah, you have literally two grab buttons and press the button forward to move. Yeah. that's it. So and, and you can also, if you wanted to, you can turn, you, like you rotate your whole body. Yeah. I mean, for crouch, those who, even prone. I don't know if I uh, want to design something where you really requires you to go prone, but it is possible. In, in but, but I mean, the the, the 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 concept of it was would be really interesting actually, because if you continue to design environments, I was actually thinking about this when one of our friends uh, Z-Wake on the floor and was falling <laughs> around. But you know, if you have vents. Or anything yeah. along those lines. If you have something that you have to get through, you know, dark places exist in places that are at your feet. Or you could have, you know, you know, this, this is this is far in advance too. But I mean, the concepts, the the ability for you to work in such a uh, a, a fully immersive environment has so many options that you could possibly explore eventually. You know, if you get down to it. As you can see, the house is very. It's not necessarily big, but yeah. it's. Filled with furniture and, it's and stuff. There's right? character. There's a yeah. lot of stuff. Yeah. And you don't really see that in games. And mm. if it is, 
like maybe a Naughty Dog game, like Uncharted or yeah. Last of Us. Or a, it's, a, it's a very best hour like CD Yeah, there's a lot of stuff, game. but yeah. they're not interactive. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So in this you, case, I want you to be able to pick up. It's like you think that like you know picture frame is you know is that interactable? And somehow in VR, just because you can grab, all of a sudden everybody just wants to test. If that is interactive, so everybody starts grabbing yeah. anything Every, that's possible. Everybody grabbed the head of lettuce and was like throwing <laughs> yeah. it in the kitchen. That cabbage has become uh, a, a character of its own. Uh, yeah. This actually our very very first build. That was literally the only thing interactive. You should fuck with it, so, dude. You, you should make kip like have a bunch of kimchi ingredients. No, 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 dude, you should, you should fuck with, you should have them grab the lettuce and then when they look at it, it's a child's face for a second. <laughs> and, and then it just flashes and then he oh. turns back and the lettuce you're like, oh, fuck. <laughs> That's not a bad idea. <laughs> we, you know, we, we did, we did, we did think about That's la- pretty good. But last night we did, uh, because we were talking about the cabbage, uh, <laughs> with, my two, with my two developers and they were, they were saying like, oh man, maybe we should, we should definitely make an Easter egg with the cabbage. Like, yeah. what if like you throw the cabbage at? This is the only thing that harms the girl. <laughs> like, if you like throw it at her, it's a headshot. Like, <laughs> she gets stunned. Like, it's like the only thing out of the entire. The house. ghost was suffering from a lack of fiber. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, man, it's uh, it's become its own like character. It's like mm. our uh, crowbar. From Half-Life, that's, you, we that's, have a cabbage. You have, a, you have an anchor point already. Yeah. You know, that's 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 something that you know if if your comp- if your company grows and stuff like that, that's that that's is something. Be yeah, like, exactly. That's going to be, be the logo. Of yeah. <laughs> when you when you change from making video games to a video game distribution platform <laughs> called Kimchi. <laughs> Well, then, that depends on where you are, right? Yeah, then we see, see, then we see. see. Here, here it might be cold yeah, exactly. Who knows? Regional distribution. Exactly. Exactly. Well, Jeff just gave some good ideas. George, I'm curious for you. Like, Do yeah. you have any, um, on the on the gameplay alone, was there something that you saw that you were like, like would be a good tweak? Um, it could be, you know, within the that setting alone or kind of big picture stuff i mean george you're you're the man at the shit so <laughs> yeah if, uh... I, i've actually asked him on facebook several times like hey i'm writing the story right now give me some good a ideas a horror horror consultant george Wu. <laughs> um so my favorite one well, one of my favorite ideas is always like uh messing around with like mirrors or windows mm-hmm. <laughs> um those kind of things where it's like maybe you have to go into a room or a bathtub or something i don't know if you guys ever have a shower at home and there's a bathroom window that's really mm-hmm. small. Oh, I hate yeah. those. And mm-hmm. then when you kind of look at the side, something pops out scary like that. Um, some other ideas are from like some of the movies where I mentioned to Joey about like where you toss something into the darkness and then it gets thrown back to you. Mm-hmm. That's another one. Mm-hmm. Um, Nursery yeah, yeah. rhymes. Nursery rhymes. Uh, Fuck uh, me yeah. up. That's pretty, that's pretty good because we, yeah, we do have like all these interactable things that you can toss and if maybe there's a section where if somebody wants to like we'll bait them to throw it that way and then it comes back at you that would be a very interesting section i mean honestly like it, it you open yourself up to a lot of different trauma depending on how you're building your character you know and for right now i understand that this is just a vertical slice and you haven't necessarily or, or you may have in like a build that you're working on right now mm-hmm. but the strength of the character is also what what pushes it a lot you know like 
honestly, when you play through a Hideo Kojima game, if you haven't kept up, you're pretty much in deep shit. Like, you have no idea what the fuck is going yeah, on yeah. at certain points. But, like, the diehard Kojima fans yeah. and, you know, the if, if that's one of your role models in development, I mean, that's what you have to do to, like, get people invested. It's not just a jump scare at that point. Mm-hmm. It's a ghost with a purpose. It has something nefarious or something vengeful that it's going for, you know? And that's a, that's a lot of times how, like how George fucks us up. <laughs> he, he spins this tale of, like, some person who died in the woods while looking for their girlfriend or some shit like that, and then you're just sitting there and you're like, fuck you, George. Like, get the hell out of me. And he ties it up. It's like, and they were always wearing Nike shoes. <laughs> and you always look at your feet. You, you always look at your feet. He always ties it in, and you're like, fuck you, George. <laughs> So, so that I mean, punchline. <laughs> yeah, I know. So, I mean, like, like if you if you've already ha- if you have a storyline going already, you know he works at an office. You could do something like an Easter egg, maybe something like the name of the office or something that has some sort of bearing on why the thing is after him. I, I feel mm. as though a strong narrative and a strong story always add to whatever graphical resources yeah. and like power mm. you bring to and it. And jumping off of that, I do. Uh, yeah, I, I'm a, I'm a game designer, and my buddy. Uh, that I work with uh, Zach he's my business partner and we came up with a, a script originally around February we wrote our first draft of a script and I was like eh, this works for a video game story yeah. but then uh, I started to be I'm in LA and I, I you know there's all these movie people I, I, I met a couple of script writers one of them uh, she looked she sounded like she was really interested in this so I was like okay yeah I could definitely use uh, somebody professional um, you know, take a look at it. Take a look. I sent it to her, and I was like, "Be honest about it." And then she came back and just just destroyed it. <laughs> was like, this is the most cliche thing I've ever seen. Well, you know, this is like ridiculous. Like, I could. This is bad. And, and in <laughs> tears, I ripped it up. <laughs> no, yeah, she. I was like, "Well, don't be." A, I said, "Like, be honest. Don't be a dick about it." <laughs> so yeah, like eventually, uh, you know, she has some good notes about it. I was like, "Yeah, yeah, yeah. She's right. Like, why? There's no motivation. What's driving your character to move forward? You're in a fucking haunted house. Yeah. Get the hell out of there. Why are you yeah. constantly? I mean, that was my reaction to exploring, right? Yeah. I, I was, I was there, and I heard the thing. I was like, I, I need to get the fuck out yeah, of here. Yeah, you gotta get the fuck out. Door unlocked. Right. Juicy motherfucker. Like, I don't, I don't need to buy this place anymore. Yeah, man. Like that door creaked over. There's a doll in there. Why would you go in there? So there needs to be some sort of narrative to back this up. So yeah. what she came up with was like, um, I, I told her two things. Keep it in the 60s because I already made all the art assets in the house. So I'm not going to make a modern like version and throw away all my assets, right? So uh, keep it in that time period. And also we had this pretty interesting, uh, uh, I think the backstory is uh, the World War II character that you're playing. Uh, went to Japan for the war and came back with a Japanese Ooh, wife, yeah. and that's what you were seeing in the yeah, picture frame. It's yeah. like, what's uh, what mm. did you call it? Uh, AM something? Oh, AMWF. Now you know the backstory. So, purpose of that is that's the story. Uh, so now you have like this mixed family. Mm. Um, originally. 
a Crazy Rich Asian came out, and I, I was going to do an Asian American family. <laughs> so I was like, not yet. Let me uh, take baby steps. I'll do. I'll meet in the middle. Oh god! Then you got you got you got all of this shit. Like it, it, all all your bookshelves are nothing but calculus books. <laughs> <laughs> One of the puzzles you got to do advocates like 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 a file cabinet flows open. And it's like. All your old test papers are flying out. <laughs> B, 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 C minus. <laughs> I, I, I think that I think building a story is really important and, and I think the I, I think not only building the 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 player as a character is important, but also the house. I, I think the house itself mm-hmm. is a character. Mm-hmm. How the house expresses itself, whether it's through the ghost, um, or maybe the photos can change over over time. Oh, yeah, yeah that's like, um, you know, faces on the photos mm-hmm. can can adjust. Maybe even you know something like something that's not so tangible or visual, but it's maybe subtle. maybe yeah. something subtle yep, like yep. the sound of how things creak. Maybe something would change over time. Um, you know, may, maybe uh, yeah. I don't know. It's kind of me spitballing, but I, I think you know, ter- like as the story develops, if the house is you know angry with you, yeah, um, absolutely. And you're, you're hitting a good point there. Is um, like. Jumping back to PT, where they're using one hallway, and they mm-hmm. made 45 minutes of gameplay out of that mm-hmm. same asset, just by relighting it or changing the colors. Yeah. Uh, for me, that's exactly what I had planned. I was like, I'm one artist, um, and still to this day, still kind of just me building all the art assets. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I know exactly how much I can handle, and I plan to do like a one-year development time. How much can I do in that? I was like, I could probably build what we have currently. That took about two, three months to build one first floor with like five different rooms. Uh, right now I opened up the second floor. So the current build that you guys haven't seen, the second floor is opened up, the stairs fixed. So you can go up there and it's going to be all Japanese. So oh. yeah, so it's like... Westworld. <laughs> well, the story is they, they kind of uh, they kind of got separated and one of them went crazy. So she kind of like lives up there and she kind of just decked oh, okay. out the top board. And aesthetically, as it's a video game, you want to make things look cool. There's, yeah, there absolutely. doesn't necessarily need to be a complete realistic explanation why it is, but you know you need you can, to choose you can kind a stylistic. Yeah, yeah, you can you can figure out through storytelling with the the visuals like. Oh shit! I'm upstairs. This looks like it's probably her area. And I actually have a question for you because it is—you you are coming basically almost as a solo art designer with mm-hmm. only with only two uh, engineers, I guess, that are working underneath. Uh, you, two, but two now developers. it's up to like five. So up to five. Yeah, it's a lot of programmers. Um, I, I guess my question is like, if you're putting a one-year development mark on this, mm-hmm. I mean, obviously you're not necessarily getting to like a Call of Duty level. Yeah, you know, like I know what what we call triple A title right. that that's out there. Um, are there are there limitations? Are there um, challenges that you faced? Like, it, it, was there a cutoff on like what what was what the depth of the game could have been? Like, were, were there sacrifices that were made in like the, oh. the planning? That... <laughs> yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah. I kept cutting back and back, like back when we were talking about it in January and when we decided let's let's give it a shot that first draft of all the ideas was is pretty massive um <laughs> even then i thought it was small because i was like we're gonna be indie dev we're gonna look at other indies and generally indies are 2d platformers right uh 
ninety percent of them. You right, go, right, you go right. to any of these things, you'll see platformers. Not many people tried three D stuff. So for me, I could build three D, but then now all of a sudden, the programmers need to think in the three D space, and yeah. that's a lot more work that I didn't anticipate. So after we started to actually build the thing, uh, all I wanted was a hide and seek game with the doll, and she has like multiple locations, and you kind of kind of see that happening a little bit. But what you're playing now is only the step one of three that I wanted this demo to be. Uh, so. You know, it, it it does its job, and it actually is a pretty good length. It was like a good five ten minutes. Yeah, right. Yeah. Um, but if I wanted what I, the original idea was, like, yeah, you find her, she goes away, and then the ghost encounter comes, and then now you you deal with her, and then you have to go find her again, grab the second item from what she was holding a, a teddy bear for you, right? So you have to find three items, and that's how you kind of win this little mini game vertical slice. That was the very first draft an idea uh, for this demo back in January looks like we only have one third of it <laughs> so are you are you looking to after a year of development are you looking to get seed funding to expand it are you looking to sell well, the we're, idea? we're we're actually uh, in the talks with uh, some funding right now um, since we've been showing publicly maybe like eight eight different events uh, one of the biggest ones is the 6269 market here in LA uh, that was a huge venue. We had a whole booth set up, uh, and it was that day when we said, like, we filmed all that. We have uh, one of my film buddies brought his equipment, and he made an awesome trailer. Uh, and that day, we were like, fuck it, let's just start submitting now. We, yeah. I was still waiting to yeah. get it a little bit better, but then after that footage and all the crowds gathering around and their reactions... Yeah. Uh, that trailer speaks for itself, yeah, and we dude, the, the fucking game speaks for itself. Yeah, like, true, like <laughs> ten of us in this house watching it was like, Holy right? Shit. And it shows well, and yeah. it, that's something I didn't anticipate. Also, is like it entertains people watching. Yeah, uh, yeah. Something about VR, where if this was just a mouse and keyboard game, you think those, uh, you know, the people here would actually stop and watch except for maybe hardcore gamers would be interested yeah I don't know Koreans get off watching Starcraft <laughs> on Korean ESP I stop <laughs> George Wu rank number three in Look the world click. <laughs> but it, it's a casual people that yeah. it's, it's a cinematic it's cinematic looking and also on top of that you have the one to one motion of a VR player and that is really fresh I think for people they're, they're like wow what, that's actually what he's seeing and it's mm. on the TV yeah. and we found that that is the best way to show at least my game in VR is you gotta have a big screen TV you gotta have the subwoofers blasting the sounds mm. so everybody's engaged for the whole playthrough yeah and what's and going back to what I said at the beginning what's more impre even more impressive is that the experience doing the VR is still so much better than just watching oh yeah like sure because like you know growing up you know i have an older brother right and he always fucking played the video games and i just watched right so but but you get the same experience out of it except i'm not the one pushing the buttons but you're still like you still get the kind of same level of excitement of like jumping around goombas or whatever but this like you know watching you play you know jeff like well, well, I mean, granted, you're you're kind of a pussy. You can, so you, can, you can sense the fear. You can you can sense what the sensations are. Yeah. You know? But once you put it on and you're yeah. immersed and you don't hear anybody else, it's uh, you. Yeah, it's you. It is, and, and it's fucking. And, and we already knew what the scares were, but still, I didn't. Oh yeah, you did. I did not. Yeah, yeah. but I mean, I knew what the scares were, but it was still worth it yeah. for me to do it. 
Um, talking about the going back to the business plan, I mean, did you actually have like a written out business plan? Like, okay, by this date, you know, I'm going to have this much developed. I'm going to show it at this many places. Did you have actual set deadlines, and were you kind of were you following a certain plan? Did you have like a milestone? Yeah, yeah. milestone system. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so originally, we it's it's like one step at a time. We original originally didn't think it would get, even get this far. Like I uh, maybe maybe I should explain how this even started. Was like I had this two week demo that I wanted to come to LA with last year around September uh, and we filmed a, a group of friends like this and it was just two weeks that bedroom and kitchen and then one of my buddies had a vibe and he got the character working and I was like add one jump scare and we're just going to film it and that video kind of is what I brought to I thought I was going to apply for some uh, AAA studios out here and get it like a get actually get into the game industry but it turned out like I went to a PlayStation experience in December. Uh, it's like um, it's like E3, but just PlayStation games. And they had a whole bunch of indie devs, and one of them was a VR boxing game. And I was like curious. I was, I was talking to the guys, and I was like, "Hey, how did you, how did you guys get here? Like, what was your development cycle? You know, how did you get here at PlayStation experience with a booth?" And he explained it, and then I showed him that little two-week demo that we did, and he was like, "Yo." This thing is further th along than when we pitched to Sony. <laughs> and that was when I clicked. I was like, holy shit. Like, I have a legit shot at this. So I need to at least attempt it. Yeah. Chase yeah. uh, that dream, man. That's right? Crazy. So yeah. that was the day I decided, okay, I should do something about this freaking house that I already have kind of half built. Yeah. Uh, so that's where I met my music guy that day, just at a Naughty Dog panel. He was sitting there and talk to him so everything just kind of clicked it was just like when something's telling me i need to do this yeah so yeah that's when i started to build a team and then uh it was here we are it was rico rico and funny thing that name uh it was a very annabelle looking game during mm. that time and i was like yeah why why are we sticking to this like uh you know, 60s. Yeah. Uh, I thought I saw something like a year ago yeah. that, that that the same scene, the, the doll in the rocking chair. I was like, that's, that's, a, that's Annabelle. Annabelle. That's, that's Annabelle, Annabelle looking... from The Conjuring. Exactly. Right? And yeah. I was like, fuck this. I'm yeah. going to change this to a Japanese doll. Cause, you know, so you, then, just, you we... just changed your eyes to slant? Hey, <laughs> I put a lot of design in that, put a lot of design in that doll, right? So, so originally... Yeah, yeah, those slants take talent, <laughs> So yeah, the the you know the typical Japanese doll is yeah the very squinty eye and like mm. the the straight bangs yeah. and all that. I was like, eh, I don't want to be like typical Japanese doll. We've seen that too. So I kind of took a different creative take on it. It is a combination. She is a you know half white, half Japanese. Mm. So mm -hmm. uh, yeah, the, the design it, it took the, all of that into account. Like even her facial structure is kind of a mix, mm -hmm. not quite that slanty. <laughs> semi slanty yeah. is, is the term. The, the proper term. Brock, Brock and Misty had a child. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So so it sounds like you know, there there kind of wasn't a plan originally, and it all kind of fell into place. And you you know you met these people who yeah. who talked through the process of you, but kind of going forward from there, I mean that that's pretty remarkable because. You're not doing this full time. It, it's exactly. It's a side gig for you right yep. now. You still have an eight to five job. Yep. Um, you know, I, I don't know. 
I don't know what you do. <laughs> yeah, event design. Is, oh, still earlier, event. Yeah. Oh, you still do still event. doing. Oh, okay. So you're still doing uh, that here. Um, but for you to be able to make time and do this, I mean, you have to be a very very dedicated and b probably like have a strict plan. Um, you know, like we talked about milestones that you got to hit. Um, because if you if you kind of stray from that, yeah, you know, thing, the, the wheels kind of fall off. That and... is the challenge, is to keep the team motivated. Um, for me, I'm personally I put in so much hours into uh, the design of just building it in the Unreal Engine, uh, the game engine itself. Uh, the other guys who are doing it, uh, they're they're not necessarily this is their baby, this isn't their product, but uh, they find it cool. And the challenge is to keep keep them, um, you know, motivated to do some of the things I ask for. Uh, so it's it's you know until if you're not paying them, it is their free time also. So yeah. it's hard to convince somebody else to do uh, something you're passionate about. So that that is one of the biggest challenges. Hey, that's like me trying to get these guys to run. <laughs> 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 Just kidding, guys. Keep up the good work. <laughs> But yeah, I get you. I, I think that's uh, especially if this is you know your kind of your all of your free time right now. Yeah. Um, but you did talk about VC funding, and mm-hmm. are, are you allowed to talk about? Yeah. yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, so go, go ahead. I, I know Joey had met with some people, and you talk about that. Yeah, I think um, I think around July is when we had our first kind of what we thought was a bite. Uh, we just like. We had a couple, you know, our website was looking hot. Like, we were still working on um, just getting content out there. Our Facebook page was still getting filled up with some of the events. Uh, and then I updated my LinkedIn, and, you know, the, the Pixel Camera Studios, our, our game studio, is uh, kind of up and running during that time. And then right away, a week after, I get this uh, LinkedIn message from this Brian Lee guy who's basically uh, the co-founder of Jessica Alba's uh, Honest Company and he messaged me saying blah 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 and messaged me at bam.vc so I was like oh so he doesn't want me to refer to him as like the co-founder of Jessica Alba whatever Uh, emailed me at bam.vc so I checked that website out and it's like he invested in all these startup companies like hundreds of them and we looked through and we were like oh shit is this like this is it, right? Is this like, is this our chance? We didn't know what was going on. It's like yeah. we're, we're, we're prepping to get blue balled here, so, uh, but we don't want to walk in there. You don't prep to I, get blue balled. Yeah, yeah no. I, I want to not prep to get, but we're expecting to get blue balled. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, sorry, it just we're expecting. Uh, it just happens. <laughs> but we're gonna prep to avoid that. Good. So we came in there with like all of our business plan, all yeah. this stuff that we needed. Yeah. Uh, company deck and everything's like uh planned out and uh we'll walk in there that day and turned out he wanted to poach me <laughs> like he wanted he had a thing that's like he thought was gonna make it will probably make a lot of money uh it's basically some stupid instagram uh 3d character mm. uh i don't know if you've heard of this little mckella thing it's literally yeah. a fake 3d plasticky looking character that poses and she has like millions of followers. And they, they, they had that on YouTube these days. Yo, there, there's Japanese YouTube characters. It's what? like it, it's, it's a thing. It's a thing. And oh because this guy is a billionaire, yeah, <laughs> this guy's a billionaire. He's wanting to exploit that because he has like connections to Kobe Bryant and Rihanna and Beyonce, agreeing to to like pose with 
uh, a 3D character that he, he eventually gets uh, working, whatever. Uh, so he was like, I could get 50 million followers on Instagram overnight with, with my connections. And he wanted me to build these characters because he saw that like our game was like, I don't even know how that translates. I don't even know why he messaged me. I did ask him during that, that like meeting. It was just, why me of all places? He was like, well, Spiel, I talked to Spielberg and, and like I, ILM and they tried to explain it to me and I couldn't understand anything they're saying. But you're, you're like explaining it where this, this looks like it's doable. Hey, the comparison <laughs> is there, all right? <laughs> It's me or Spielberg, <laughs> motherfucker. Yeah. But I, yo, I turned that shit down because it was like complete, just not creative exploit of something just because he has connections. And See, mm. but that's where the passion lies, honestly. Because if you have are given the <coughs> opportunity to just fucking jump and run and make that money, and you don't and you want to follow your own fucking dream, that means that shit is real. Because then you're not just doing it for the cash. Mm. Like, yeah. And that's, that's, no, that, I mean, in this day and age, that is rare and fucking admirable. Dude, this is your Pied Piper. You, yes, yeah, I yeah, fucking yeah. refer to that shit so much, man. <laughs> like, you We're turned down one right now. Yeah, you, you turned Hooli down. Right? <laughs> that's you, right. You, that's... You, are, you are Richard motherfucking Se- Hendrix. Season, right. season, season one right now. I'm <laughs> <laughs> yeah, You gotta get your little incubator going. I actually refer to, like, back then when I was trying to find a business partner, I was like, Jared. I need, yeah, I, need, yeah. I need a Jared. Yeah. I need a Jin Yang too, just for. Just no, you don't need Jin Yang. <laughs> you don't need Jin Yang in any part of your life or in Crazy Rich Asians. <laughs> Still on, pissed man. about that. Um, dude, I, I think uh, we're, we're getting kind of near the end of the time, but I, kind of last question for you. I mean, you know, this has probably been a pretty crazy journey for you. Uh, what, what's your advice for people that want to A, get into the industry or B, start your own business uh yeah i think um being in la i see so many indie devs and it's awesome it's being involved with this community like i go to so many meetups and meeting all these other people they're just pursuing the dream their passion they're, they like gaming they, they want to create a game um obviously to to be brutally honest there there are some that just you can suck. see the quality yeah, yeah if you yeah. want to say it does suck um there are some that just doesn't have <laughs> the i guess technical skills like their art is just not there or you know and you'll see a lot of these programmers trying to do like a solo game mm. and my advice is like uh you know from what i've learned is like you you can do it alone but unless you're like some tech artist that's just badass at everything even even marketing or, or marketing you know, business market. side of things you need a partner you need yeah. a jared Mar- marketing is marketing is the hardest part because let's say you, even if you make a, like a beast of a game incredible mm-hmm. technical technical specs are off the charts incredible art if you have nobody to sell it nobody is going to care exactly nobody yeah. would know about it nobody yeah. would know it exists and, and so, so how'd you learn it though i mean like because that's not your background well the 3d art is my it is yeah. my background well, I, but, I, but the marketing uh, part. oh right. so I have friends. So oh, okay, I, being right. in LA, I have oh, okay. literally I have every single department you can think of. I have a friend that's doing it right now. Yeah. Uh, so I have a marketing guy who's doing uh, in an agency doing some uh, marketing for I, I'm not sure what products he's, but he wanted to get into game marketing. He, he's applied for like Ubisoft and all that. So this was a chance for him to get some stuff on his portfolio to eventually mm. apply for a game. Uh, then there's a business my business partner is my best buddy from uh, high school Zach and he's in Dallas 
and he's kind of started his own company for his uh, wife. So he's got you know experience with you know getting all that paperwork that I don't want to deal with. Yeah. I just need to be Richard Hendricks developing, <laughs> right? Like I can't be bogged down with yeah. all the other shit. Yeah. So uh, yeah, everybody is kind of um, you know I, my my suggestion is just ask some friends to like get involved. Um, you know if you have an awesome product, people will join you. Um, the, I guess the hard part is to kind of maybe get that proof of concept if you're an artist make something that looks beautiful mm -hmm. and then show it to your friends and they'll they'll be more uh inclined to join you um don't just talk about it fucking exactly go don't be the ideas guy fucking, fucking go make it you know exactly like, break, break some fucking eggs yeah. exactly well step one you need to have friends so good thing you do there you go, <laughs> there you, go. <laughs> you got to show your friends making right? note to self make <laughs> make friends <laughs> I need to treat Jeff Lou better, so <laughs> when I start my business, I'll have a lawyer. <laughs> By the way, if you need a lawyer, Jeff Lou. Jeff yes, the man. And, and you're like probably like five miles away from you. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> Making friends and business partners. I don't want to get sued at all those Google images I'm using for the game right now. <laughs> Alright. Uh, there, there are no Google images. It's all fair use. And, 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 and Brian Lee who, right? Uh, Brian Lee, generic Asian guy. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, 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 it could have been anybody. Everyone makes up names these days. Uh, Alright, dude, Joey, thank you so much for being on this pod and wish you the best of luck. Um, I guess final last question, where are you uh, demoing? Is there uh, outside of L.A.? Or I guess inside of LA, any big events you're demoing at anywhere along the West Coast? Yeah, so definitely uh, we've been very active in LA. Uh, so Halloween's coming up, and our game is just you know we know we want to take advantage of this time. Uh, so right now we are waiting to hear back from Two Bit Circus. They are basically like a VR uh, arcade, and they launch. They had a soft launch last night. I checked them out. It's amazing. Like so many VR games there that uh, was just fun multiplayer wise. Um, and then uh, I met the owner of that uh, Two Bit Circus a couple couple weeks ago and showed them my game. He was like, "Yo, this is exactly what we do at our place. Like, uh, you know, once we you know send us the, a build of it, and once we review it, we're gonna you know think about having you guys show at Halloween." So. Uh, we're waiting here back. Uh, I did talk to one of their uh, marketing, uh, the head of marketing there last night, and she was like, yeah, they, they're definitely um, just swamped right now for launch next week, but we're, we're looking like it, it's, a, it's a very good chance. Uh, we just need to clean up the menu. Like it's, there's, uh, no, the there's no load screen. What's your Facebook and uh, website? We, oh, yeah. the, we at yeah. the E-Wang Bang podcast literally reached dozen of people. A dozen? That's a lot. I would say. <laughs> we cracked double digits. It's a successful episode. Listen, uh, it's uh, Rayco's Fragments. It's R-E-I-K-O-S Fragments. Uh, so uh, Facebook slash I don't even know how that works. <laughs> Facebook slash yeah, that's yeah, yeah, yeah. Or just look up Joey Lee on yeah, Facebook. Uh, he'll, he'll have a bunch of stuff and friend him. Tell tell him yeah. Emil Emil Jeff and George sent you. Yeah, that, like, that, like that's the a glowing uh, reference right there. Uh, all right, Joey, thank you so much. Um, this has been an awesome episode on the Yu Wang Bang podcast. This is Emil Wang, Joey Lee, George Wu, and Jeff Liu. 
keep on banging. banging.